with the various instructions and explanations that we tried to give in relation to examining reality, we have seen that, first of all, a deconstruction needs to be applied. We need to see the things a bit differently. And the deconstruction that we started to do was about our mind and body. So we have seen that the body actually is just composed of material elements, the four elements, and space. So this is the body, the material aggregate. And then for the mind, we have seen the various colors of feelings, Vedana. We tried also to discern the qualities of perception, sanya. Also, we try to distinguish the aspect of volition, the mental formations, the intention relating to sankara. And also in all of that, we see consciousness. We have seen how consciousness is arising in this whole process. So basically, that deconstruction here is divided in the five aggregates of clinging, the five upadana kanda. This is not from the books, this is from our experience. How do we experience our body, these elements, inside, Outside, how do we experience the feelings? The dynamic of our perceptions and the volitions and the different types of consciousness that are constantly arising and passing away very fast isn't it very fast? Changing, changing all the time. So just to see how reality as such can be explained or expressed in different ways, I would just use the simile that we find in the Sangata Nikaya and that you probably or very likely or anyway that you might have heard or read. Nevertheless, I will read it again from the book because it's easier. And it is the simile of the foam. So you just continue your meditation and see if these words make sense to you. So once the Blessed One was dwelling close to the river Ganges, Ganges. so you can imagine the Buddha with a group of monks, and then he was just looking at the river, the river of the Ganges. And then he says to the bhikkhus, suppose that this river Ganges was carrying along a great lump of foam. A man with good sight would inspect it ponder it and carefully investigate it and it will appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in a lump of foam? So too, because whatever kind of form 
there is, whether past, future, or present, internal or external, grass or subtle, inferior or superior, far or near. A bhikkhu inspects it, ponders it, and carefully investigates it. And it will appear to him to be void, hollow, unstop, un- insubstantial. For what substance could there be in form? Here the English translation, the English word used for the translation is form, but the Pali name is Rupa. And then Rupa can mean form, like a visual form, but also it can mean matter in general. Very often also the word Rupa will be defined as the four elements. We can see here also in this description that the observation is not only limited to what is happening inside these people. But whatever kind of form, whatever kind of rupa there is, whether past, future, present, internal or external, gross or subtle, inferior or superior, far or near, then the inspection, the examination has to be done. So we are not limiting our observation only to this body, but we see that everywhere, even outside ourselves, in other bodies, in nature, wherever we perceive form in material phenomena, This is just void, hollow, insubstantial. And it is compared to a lump of foam. Then the similis goes on as suppose, because that in the autumn, when it is raining and big rain drops are falling, a water bubble arises and bursts on the surface of the water. A man with good sight will inspect it, ponder it, and carefully investigate it, and it will appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in a water bubble? So too, because whatever kind of feeling there is, whether past, future, present or internal, or external, grass or subtle, inferior or superior, far or near. A bhikkhu inspects it, ponders it, and carefully investigates it. And it will appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial, for what substance could there be in feeling? So sometimes you might have been looking in a lake or on the river when it's a rainy day and see the bubbles arising and passing with to such a speed when the rain is falling on the water. So the feelings, the Vedana that we are experiencing in our bodies, in our mind also, are just bubbles arising and passing away as fast as the bubble arises and passes away on the surface of water when the rain is falling down. Then again, 
suppose because that in the last month of the hot season, high noon, at high noon, a shimmering mirage appears. A man with good sight will inspect it, ponder it, and carefully investigate it, and it will appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in a mirage? So too, because whatever kind of perception there is, whether past, future, or present, you see, we are here, even extending our observation in time. The past has to be considered, the future has to be considered, and also the present, what we are experiencing now. Internal or external, grass or subtle, inferior or superior, far or near, a bhikkhu inspects it, ponders it, and carefully investigates it. And it will appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in perception? So we see here, perception, sanya, to be compared as a mirage. Then again, it goes, suppose, because, that a man, a man needing heart wood, seeking heart wood, wandering in search of heart wood, will take a sharp axe and enter a forest. There, he will see the trunk of a large plantain tree, straight, fresh, without a fruit bud core. You will cut it down at the root, cut off the crown, and unroll the coil. As he unrolls the coil, he will not find even softwood, let alone hurt wood. A man with good sight will inspect it, ponder it, and carefully investigate it, and it will appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in the trunk of a plantain tree? So to whatever kind of volition formations there are, whether past, future, or present, internal or external, grass or subtle, inferior or superior, far or near, a bhikkhu inspects them, ponders them, and carefully investigates them. As he investigates them, they appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in volition formations? Again, suppose because that a magician or a magician's apprentice will display a magical illusion at a crossroads. A man with good sight will inspect it, ponder it, and carefully investigate it, and it will appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in a medical illusion? So too, because whatever kind of consciousness there is, whether past, future, or present, internal, or external, grass or subtle, inferior or superior, far or near. A bhikkhu inspects it, ponders it, and carefully investigates it, and it will appear to him to be void, hollow, insubstantial. For what substance could there be in consciousness? So, when we are doing our investigation, that means we are examining ourselves, the reality of what we think we are, and when we separate the objects of observation in different categories like that, with the five aggregates, then we see that 
Actually, there is no substance there. So do you see any substance in what you are observing in your body, in your feelings, in your perception, in the mental formations, in your consciousness. Form is like a lump of foam, feeling like a water bubble. Perception is like a marriage. Volitions like a plantain trunk and consciousness like an illusion.
So if you have experience with these similes, we see that uh, the fact of deconstructing reality somehow enables us to see life in very different perspectives. But also the fact of deconstructing reality in a kind of a very specific classification, huh? whether it is mind or body, or uh, the classification of the five aggregates like that have just now been described. So the fact of uh, describing something in its various components allows us to see a dynamic, a kind of relationship with these different components. And then again, I just like to emphasize the fact that if we don't have, if we don't understand the process in time, also if we don't understand the process as a causal process, then it's, it's very difficult to have a complete picture. And uh, here, just we don't need to go too much in details, but nevertheless, we need to be aware that there is causes and conditions in everything, in what we experience, in everything in life. These phenomena are just causes, conditions, and effect. So again here, I will just use uh, one, simi- one or two simile related to that, related just to our experience of body and mind. And if you have some questions, then we will also have some time to, uh, to discuss about it. So a simile that is given in the Visuddhimagga is uh, about sickness. Also, it's speaking about, uh, well, diseases. And they compare the five aggregates as for the body. Uh, so our body here is compared to a sick room. Uh, so now we are in, in a room, and this is compared to the body. So our body somehow is a room. Hmm? The feeling, the feelings also are actually the sickness, because. We have pleasant, unpleasant, and then it's just full of suffering because it is always changing. So are the feelings that we have, even when we are sick, this is actually the sickness. It's very unpleasant, very uncomfortable. So feelings themselves here are compared to the sickness. It is afflicting ourselves, whether it is pleasant, or unpleasant or neutral, this is a sickness. And here, in relation to perception, huh? yesterday or you know these last days, we tried to uh, define a little bit more about the role of perception on huh? sanya. In this case, the comparison of sanya here is what this is the provocation of the sickness. It gives rise to feelings. So here we see that the perception, uh, we have a perception of something, and then that subjective perception gives rise to different feelings. These different feelings also will be associated with greed, hatred, or delusion. So feeling is a, is a mental component, and then the mind itself, you know, as a, as, a, as, a, as a group of different components, can, can be seen from one factor, like here we are looking at uh, uh, feelings, but one factor also will be associated with other qualities. So here we are looking at the factor of feelings, and then these feelings are associated with, with some qualities of you know, like greed or hatred or delusion or non-greed, generosity, non-ill will, metta, or non-delusion, knowledge. 
So what is provocating these feelings? What is provocating, what is provocating actually the sickness is our perception. And what about the formation? Yesterday also, in Nikki, she said, okay, now before you move, just be aware of your intention and just stop before, you know, uh, going further with the volition to move. So we see that volition is what is pushing us doing things. Uh, so we are doing things all the time. We have developed a kind of pattern of wanting to do. Uh, so we are just always on the move because of sankara, because of the, these mental formations, which are actually a force that propels us, you know, in life. So the mental formations, the volition mostly, is in relation to sickness, what is the cause that will bring sickness? Because we don't know what is suitable and unsuitable. So if we are not very clear about what are causes, what, what, what different causes bring a different effect, then in relation to health, Health is not coming just by itself. All the time we need to take care of our health. But to be healthy, we need to be aware of what will be causing health and then what is going to damage our health. So because we don't know about these things, you know, we look I mean, in the world, people uh, sometimes, or, I mean, uh, very often, they will have the wrong diet or they will do things that are really against the principle of good health. So the mental formations here, which are actually related to the motivation, you know, the volition that we have, that will actually prop propulse us in doing different things with the body, with the, with the speech, and also with the mind. No? So we are, we are having an idea or we are, we are having kind of motivation and then the mind will just go and do it and do it. But not knowing exactly what are the causes for health, we get sick. So in the case of uh, these five uh, aggregates compared to sickness, the cause actually is, not to know, is, is by doing what is unsuitable. Huh? This is formations, this is Sankara. And consciousness, also we are conscious. So the consciousness actually is the sick person. So the body is the sick room. The feelings are the sickness, the affliction, and the perception, the sanya, is the provocation of sickness because it gives rise to the feelings associated with greed, hatred, or delusion. The formations, the sankara, are the causes that leads us to do unsuitable things for uh, the welfare of our health. And the consciousness is just the sick person. The consciousness is the sick person because it is never free from feelings. So, so the consciousness, we are never free from these feelings and then these feelings are just the sickness. So I think it is interesting. We have also other, other simile, you know, that are related to the five aggregates by way of sometimes as a prison or... or and then uh, these five aggregates are the construction, this deconstruction of uh, reality and then they are explained by way of how they are influencing each other. So it's a dynamic that needs to be understood. So this is why we give right. We, we, we try to see how we are experiencing, you know, basically the body because we are here and then we are alive. We have this body and also how the body is related to the mind and how the mind in its various components has, has a kind of uh, uh, momentum that is the cause or, you know, that will bring happiness or suffering. So we have to understand that. What in our life brings happiness? What brings suffering? And then, you know, we have really to look. We, are, we, we, we really need to observe, but in a little bit more uh, detailed.
in detail in detail uh, ways so of course we may not be able to do that all the time in our life because we have to function as Mrs. So-and-so and then Mr. So-and-so and all of that. And then we have our duties and families and friends and you know, social uh, you know, relations. But when we are in meditation, we can back up. Huh? We have the possibility to back up and to say, okay, now what is that life? What is that me? What is that identity that I always try to, uh, I mean, to, 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 to defend and then to protect and then to improve? What is that? What are we? So this is the questions, actually, that are related to examining reality. Uh, if you have any uh, questions, then both of us, you know, we can, we can, uh, we can uh, try to uh, ensure that. Yes, you, do you do? do Yes. Yes, it is like uh, that, like feelings. They are just like bubbles, right? So I mean, in one instant you can be very pleasant, and then in ten minutes you just you you just sit there another hour without uh, moving, and then you say, "Well, actually, feeling is, uh, you know." So can you always be with pleasant feeling? We can never with pleasant feeling, pleasant uh, uh, bodily feeling and also mental feeling. It's very difficult to be happy all the time. There will arise some conditions where feelings, are, I mean, feelings are always changing. They are always changing. So by themselves they are pleasant, by themselves they are unpleasant or neutral, but in general, because of their impermanent uh, qualities, then they are unsubstantial. Uh, unsubstantial, they, they are not. They, they are a sickness because we 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 are attached to that, but we are attached actually to the just to the pleasant feeling, by not understanding that well, it's not a pleasant feeling. I mean, to how, how long you can you can you can have them last? Is it is it is it clear enough? Is it, does it make sense? Anyway, if, you just, if we just meditate on feelings, you will see to which extent you can control them and also to which extent they are a real source of happiness. Yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> yes and no. Yes. Because this is the idea, it's just that the, the thing is that, uh, you know, as we mentioned before, it's not a complete transcendence. Okay, now this body, these feelings are, they are just uh, sickness and then, uh, you know, a sick room and all that, and then I have to go elsewhere. No. The import, the, 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 the solution is not by being able to change the things it is by developing a different attitude with that. So we will be always in life, right? And then we will always experiencing these five aggregates, but our attitude will be completely changed towards that. So in this way, uh, if we are not attached, if we are not craving for feelings, then uh, there won't be any problems. But actually the problem is always arising. Because we see that, okay, now this is pleasant. And then, well, I mean, it's pleasant and you want it. And then when it is unpleasant, try to see to which extent you are able to be really cool about it and be detached. <laughs> so when you can do that, then, then you say, okay, now it's not a problem. Feelings are not, a, are not sickness at all. Yes.
Yes, but perception actually will come to 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 print. Uh, how do you call that? The, by Fixation, yes. Yeah. So uh, perception actually is a fixation. So yesterday we, we, we said the definition of perception, sanya, is sanya is what marks something. So you mark something, or this is this, uh, and this is that, right? And also, so this is the function of sanya is to mark things. And also the function of sanya is to remember the mark. You remember the mark that you have put on a, on an experience, on a perception, on, on on an experience. You put the mark, right? So that mark is going to be fixed in your mind. So it's coming from the perception. Like we are functioning with habits, and then you say, "This is my car. This is my sweater. This is my place." And this is so these uh, kind of. Uh, 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 you know, habitual definition, uh, habitual, uh, habitual dealing with uh, with uh, things is a kind of fixation. So in our mind, we just have that fixation. Okay, this is with the perceptions are just making uh, it is just making a concept kind of real, and then we are not aware that it is just a conceptual construct that is given to reality and then that uh, we are making a fixation out of it. So that's why also when we are looking at the, f- the five aggregates and uh, perception included, like yesterday I tried to, I mean, to suggest that, uh, okay, now perceptions are deeply conditioned since we are young. We are just conditioning our perception and then this conditioning will keep us we will keep with us all our life until we, we are able to say, okay, now, what, why do I see the things in this way? Why do I think in this way? It's the perception that I've come to, to come to this uh, conclusion, just for our welfare, but actually uh, we, we, it is closing also. It is a kind of fixation. We make a reality into something that is substantial, whereas reality is just a dynamic of flux of... Uh, it's very fluid, huh? but we, we, we make the fixations because of our perception, what we impose on reality. Hmm? <laughs> yes? So Yes, I will just say a few words and I will invite Nikki to, to make some comments. I think that meditation... I'll okay, so tonight Nikki is going to explain about that, no? about the paradox of uh, internal and external and also uh, you know, the, 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 the difference that we can find with uh, when we are practicing in a meditation retreat and then when we find ourselves in life. So the idea of the meditation retreat or also the advantage that we have in a retreat like that is that it is giving us a different perspective. So we can admit, no? you admit that you, you, you get a new kind of understanding of how the things are going on. So this new understanding that we are getting, we are always understanding something new. So this new understanding that we get with our practice enables us to broaden our perspective of life. So it doesn't mean that we neglect what we have been using before. And then also when we are coming back to a very practical way of dealing with life, uh, the way that we, are using, that we are used to do, then this new perspective will somehow be within us. So when we find ourselves in conflict or in patterns of, uh, of, uh, of uh, unhealthy tendencies that are making us sick, huh? 
then we say we can say okay wait a minute huh? pause so the example that uh, uh, you know it's uh, the, the the simile or the suggestion that Nikki gave yesterday in relation to volition just as an example before you walk okay now I have a volition to walk and then don't walk so you can do that with eating I have the volition to eat in front of your plate and then don't eat you see how the mind will be propulsed to do an action. And then, by that stopping, by that pause, you will be able to see the quality of your mind. So in this case, you will be able to see what qualities are associated with the motivation, huh? with, the front, with, with, with the volition. What are the qualities there? I, am I greedy? Am I angry? So in life... When we find that we start to be a little bit on balance, or we know now I'm getting a little bit uh, too much, uh, you know, reactive, then we can we can step back and, and look at that, and then to say, and, and then just say, stop, I don't do anything. It doesn't mean you we don't leave. It just means that you just take a break, and then before you know, taking a knife and uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and cutting your beef steak, then. <laughs> Then, then you, you think a little bit about it, huh? and then you see if the mind is really full of meta and things like this. <laughs> huh? So I think I think to to be uh, you know just to 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 take a pause from time to time and just to back up and take it cool. You know? I think to give time to ourselves. Yes. I think both of us can reply. You maybe you can add that. Like uh, I think we will agree with the the answer, Nikki and I. But she will definitely give a different answer. Yeah. So tonight you you will hear her point of view. So the the question is about uh, you know the selfing, the idea of selfing, and that all the I mean all the 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 problem is arising because we identify with uh, with what is going on. So how is it? Uh, how can it be broken? How how can we understand really that thing? So as you just observe, you are just being you 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 just express the fact that uh, you are aware of that. So you are aware that all these motivation, all these actions, all they are just to protect your identity. It's a question of survival. We are born with that, and then we need to function in a way that will make the species survive, and also that will make our individuality survive. So this is an instinct. This is a very strong conditioning. And then nature doesn't want you to break that pattern, because. Uh, but this is the illusion. This is the illusion that we try to, to step out from and then understand the whole process. What is that? And then it all turns into 
the identity, it all turns into selfing the whole process. But the more we understand how we are selfing, experiencing, or we are identifying with these things, are a cause for suffering, then at some point we decide, okay, now what do I want? Is it, do I want a limited kind of perspective to life that is just individualistic and just for my own good? Or is there something else in that? And then we see with the meditation that, well, there is a possibility to, to break out a little bit of our boundaries, our barriers, our mechanism of defense. And when we are doing that, we feel a bit better. Uh, we, we release some kind of tension that are very defensive and also attacking things like this. So when we realize that, then we understand, we try to understand, okay, now what is the, re- the real issue? And then, as you say, it turns out all around the self. So that's why that the, in the ex- examining reality, the first thing I mean that is uh, suggested to do is by way of deconstruction. So if you take only one aggregate and you see, no, this is just a body. Like if you are not identifying yourself with the feelings, oh, okay, no, there is pain, there is just pain. There is just the body is there. Oh, if you start with the feeling, it's the same thing. Oh, there is just a feeling, it's not my feeling. So you don't make a problem out of a problem. If it's uncomfortable or if the body is sick or even if sometimes the mind is, uh, is not in a good mood, you just see the mind is not in a good mood. So this is anger or this is jealousy, or then, then you, 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 you step out of that identification which uh, is built to, uh, just to, to remain and then to, 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 to function as that little center. So the, the, the breaking of that center, it doesn't mean that we don't function as, an, as a person, no? but it means that uh, we don't identify with the process. Huh? And then that non-identification with the process will actually enable us to function in a much better way because our perspective will be different. Like, like uh, you know, we suggested like when we are practicing metta, then the mind is expanding. When the mind is expanding, we consider other people. When we are considering other people as the same as ourselves, we see also that we have different opinions. We have different views, we have different uh, liking and disliking, and then we see that what is your view or what is your reality will be different than my reality because it's a subjective interpretation. So we broaden uh, our understanding of reality, we are more inclusive, and then also we are more understanding the thing, and then we see, okay, now what is that little self? I mean, in the cosmos, I mean, we're just nothing. Even you know, even in, in in this country, with just I mean, an individual among millions, who cares about you? Who cares about me? <laughs> well, s- somehow, and also when we are in the grave, huh? <laughs> when we are, who will who will remember us really? Who will remember us? Maybe after a few years, you know, you say, oh yes, this was a, this was my this was this was my my sister, or this was my I don't know, my my parents, or this was my grandmother. When when do you do you still think about your great grandmother? <laughs> so even great people, you know, just a few, uh, we still have the memory of their names because they left uh, kind of something quite. Uh, uh, but, but 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 even that, you know, we forget about them. So. <laughs> we don't care, okay, now the, pers- the guy is not here anymore. No? <laughs> Maybe a very great person, but <laughs> he is no more into our actual reality. Hmm? But, he, but it's, it's still a reality, and then there was a reality that was lived at that time, and it was a subjective reality, but depending on the way it was lived, then that person could have gone to some more uh, broader sense of reality. Like, I mean, you people who are really a researcher or, you know, they come to a perspective of not only the human life, but perspective of, a, of the cosmos and all these things that are uh, marvelous, that are kind of miraculous also in a way. But the more we wonder about things, the more humble we become in relation to that, because we see what is just, just I mean, what am I to do? What, what am I doing in that whole story? So... But this is true, you know, all the problems actually arise because of that crispation of uh, 
identification with our process of life. So maybe, uh, okay, maybe we we will stop, and then uh, this evening you you can go with uh, Nikki can entertain you with uh, very nice explanations. <laughs> you see, yes. <laughs> so now, if you like, I think the interviews, or if you like to meet. Some uh, so you know, one of us. Then let's say we will be, uh, sp- I mean, uh, available uh, to the respective place where 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 you met us. Uh, you know, these these last days. Hmm? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.